Lots of Arizona Coyotes talk today as we talk about Logan Cooley uh, scoring a fantastic goal uh, in the uh, showcase game in Australia, of all places. And then we'll do another segment in our third segment of Game on the Line for the 2019 NHL Draft this time, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to, to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. And on today's episode, we'll have a lot of uh, Arizona Coyotes talk. First and foremost, Logan Cooley scored a fantastic goal uh, in the uh, preseason showcase game against the LA Kings in uh, Australia. Um, a fantastic play that we'll talk about in detail and kind of predict a bit of what's to come for Logan Cooley this season based on what we've seen. We'll also talk about some more preseason action with Matias Michelli, who looked fantastic as well in that Australia game uh, and other preseason games as well, predicting where he kind of stands in terms of his production coming up in his sophomore season. And then finally, we'll end things off with our game on the line segment, this time for the 2019 NHL draft. We'll pick a player from each um, from each uh, round of the 2019 draft and build a lineup, a starting six, in order to win a game stance seven Stanley Cup final, one against the other. Um, before you get into that, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about uh, on, on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always very much appreciated. So, Sebastian, um, let's get into it with Logan Cooley here. Talk us through that goal, man. It was it was one of the best goals I've seen in any preseason and might just already be a top five candidate for goal of the year. Um, it, it's just... How how did we not see this coming from Logan Cooley in this draft year? Well, I think some people did. I think the Arizona Coyotes did. Uh, <laughs> I think that us two in particular did not think that he'd be doing these things this early. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, he he has been developing at a ridiculous pace. And yeah, that, that goal um, made me laugh out loud. Like, I was just giggling. I... I there was no other reaction to that goal. It was ridiculous yep. and amazing. And uh, it's going to be a very fun season of seeing Logan Cooley tear up the NHL as a rookie because I think he's going to do pretty damn well for himself. And while it wasn't an overall elite game for him, I wouldn't say. I thought that, like there were a lot of like defensive errors and overall just getting accustomed to the NHL because this was no regular preseason game. This was, again, in Australia, and therefore we had all the stars actually playing against each other. And while they were rusty, you're still playing against the likes of Adrian Kempe and Anze Kopitar and Pierre Dubois and so on and so forth. So Cooley was not just doing this against some tryouts, right? Like he's doing this against established NHL vets. And uh, it was a ridiculous goal. He really, really showcased his speed, his creativity, his handling skill and the new tool that he's really been implementing a lot more into his game in the last year, which has been driving the net in a really yeah. creative and awesome way that I think last season, I still had a couple questions in the NCAA, if he could do those types of plays against NHL competition. And 
the early results are very, very optimistic here. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a player whose just overall skill set has just improved so much year per year, and he's, he's reached a level where you're so comfortable watching him just go about uh, the, the the rush patterns that he uses off, uh, you know, off transitions. He's gotten a lot better at that, you know, finding those spaces in between defenders and, and forwards off the rush, moving off the puck really well to find those pockets. These are things that I saw as concerns in Cooley's game, and the goalie scored. I mean, he just spinning off one check, then cutting back to his forehand off the other, and then scoring short side on an NHL netminder is very, very <laughs> impressive. I mean, you're looking at a player who has has grown in leaps and bounds, and this was a full lineup. I mean, you had a lot of the, the players that are probably going to be of the LA Kings starting lineup, um, you, know, you know, at the start of the season, and he was playing against those players and excelling. So, I'm wondering kind of what the prediction is for Cooley for this upcoming season. I mean, we already talked about him being a Calder candidate, um, but to go in detail on how many points he can have, I mean, he's almost definitely going to be glued to the hip of Matias Michelli. They've gelled really well so far uh, in the preseason, and we'll talk about Michelli a bit more in our upcoming segments. But, I mean, apart from Matias Michelli, I'm looking at that, that right-wing spot and kind of wondering who fits in there and how that changes things for Cooley, right? I mean... Maybe Dylan Gunther makes a an appearance in the uh, in the final lineup for Arizona this season. Maybe we see you know them them add someone else who could work on that line. But I'm looking at Cooley as a dual threat, um, you know, playmaker focus type of player, with a player like Matias Michelli, who's a very very good playmaker first and foremost, a fantastic distributor of the puck. And I'm trying to find them a sniper that's gonna that's gonna just kind of convert on all the passes they're so good at, at making. Um, I'm looking at this Avalanche at this at this Arizona Coyotes lineup, and it's just I'm drawing a blank on who fits in there. Who, who do you think? I mean, other than Dylan Gunther, who's one of the best shooters outside of the NHL right now, who else do they have in that lineup that can convert a decent amount of goals um, to the point where it would be reasonable to to fit them in with Michelli and Cooley there? I mean, I'd love to just have them plop in Clayton Keller and just have that line do its thing. It's uh, pure, it, it's pure <laughs> skill. Uh, I think Lawson Krause will play a lot of games on that line. Uh, he will bring an element of physicality and that finishing touch. And yeah. he had a bit of a breakout season last year where he was really starting to make a difference in that lineup. Absolutely. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it be him. But I think the most likely candidate there as a finisher and the veteran presence on that line would be Jason Zucker, right? Like this, mm. is, this is an off-season addition for the Coyotes. And I, my, my expectation there is that he's playing a top six role, whether or not that's with Logan Cooley and Matias Michelli will remain to be seen, but yeah. he's a very logical fit in that slot in my mind. No, it makes sense for sure. And I mean, you, you look at that combination of guys and, you know, f- for me, it's just how many points can they help Cooley create this season? Cause you know, we could be talking about the only player who could rival Connor Bedard this season for the Calder, in my opinion. Um, but it really depends on the line he has, you know, set up for him and the consistency of line mates that he has. Because if you're just trying to, if you're just rotating the cast around him, it's going to be very difficult for him to settle into that role, um, to take control of that team, to take ownership of that team as its leader um, on the ice and convert regularly. That's my concern with Cooley is that I want to make sure that if he plays with two wingers, he has those two wingers for at least 70% of the year. Because that's how you compound good results in the NHL is consistency of line mates. We've seen it often. The the, the most productive players play on regular lines. I'm, I'm thinking of the 
the the Matthews Marner Hyman line at one point was one of the most productive in the NHL. Um, the Tatar Dano Gallagher in Montreal uh, that line carried them to the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, you know, well, ha- until Lekkinen, until Lekkinen, <laughs> well, fit in, I mean, and, and, <laughs> yeah, Tatar I mean, was scratched for like the vast majority of that which is absurd, run, and which it happens every year, funny. and we don't know what happens with that. But regardless, in the I season mean, where it's sixty-one points in sixty-eight games, it's just absurd. Scratched the entire it's playoffs. absurd. It, it's inexplicable. <laughs> it happens every year with Tatar. But uh, you know, going back to like how that relates to Cooley for me, it's just. You look at those at those lines and you see the level of productiveness, the level of impact they've had in the seasons, and that's what creates good results. I don't think Tatar would have put up 61 points in 68 games on any other line than with those two. They were a perfect combination of skill sets. And I'm looking for that for Logan Cooley because he deserves consistency. He's the best prospect in the Arizona Coyotes lineup. They called him the best prospect in hockey, which I, I don't know about, but... You know, Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard's still a prospect. I don't, I don't think we can have that conversation even. But Cooley could compare, could could compare with him in terms of overall um, production this year. And I'm excited to see who he plays with. That's what matters to me. Is like, if it's if it's Lawson Krause or Clayton Keller or Matias Michelli or either one of those three, the important thing is they stick with him. And as long as that's the case. Logan Cooley's going to have a fantastic season. He's shown us that much with the goal that he scored in that Australia game. But that wraps things up for our first segment. Now we're going to be moving on to a bit of Matias Michelli talk, and we'll kind of expand on what we think is to come for him this season. Before we get into that, though, I just want to give you a quick word from our sponsor uh, for today's episode, um, Jace Medical. Jace Medical is a fantastic uh, provider of uh, emergency antibiotics when you need them the most. If you have an ear infection, a sinus infection, anything that's bothering you that you need antibiotics for, make sure to check out Jace uh, Medical. They offer a Jace case, which is five or more um, life-saving antibiotics that you can get through the mail. All you have to do is either fill out a quick form or in some cases just talk to a licensed professional on their platform and in a couple days, you've you've got your uh, antibiotics in the mail heading your way. Um, all it takes really is, is just to follow their quick steps or simple steps and get that sent your way. Um, it's, it's very important to, to be caught prepared when these situations happen. There's shortages. Uh, there's lack of supply chain issues, that kind of stuff. And Jace Medical basically gets you around all those problems very simply and very effectively. Um, now, they're offering you uh, $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today. Um, by using the code locked on at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Put in the code locked on. You get $20 off your final purchase. Uh, you don't want to get caught unprepared again. They're a great solution for everything that is uh, antibiotics and overall uh, medical needs. Licensed professional on call. Uh, so check them out at jacemedical.com. Put in our code locked on at checkout for $20 off. Jace Medical, they're a great resource for everything you need. All right, so moving on to our second segment, now we'll talk about Matias Michelli. We're going to continue with the uh, topic of the Arizona Coyotes. Matias Michelli is an interesting case of a player who was drafted in the fourth round uh, in the 2019 NHL draft and just made his NHL debut last season. That was one of the first players that I looked at as a, a young budding scout and was just like, why is he on nobody's radar? Why is nobody talking about him as a top 50 option? What is going on here? His point totals in Finland were the top in his draft class by a decent margin. 
Um, he was doing fantastic work in the Junior 20 League uh, and put up some decent results as well in, in limited, in limited um, minutes in Finland's uh, Pro League in the Liga. And I was just looking at him and wondering why in God's name he's not on anyone's scouting list in the top 50. Um, I, I believe it's a combination of lack of size and lack of high-end speed. I think that combination turned a lot of teams off and things changed in recent years. I mean, Cole Caulfield slipped to 15th overall for that exact same reason in the exact same draft year. We're talking two different calibers of players, of, of course, and obviously, but still, the, the the idea is the same. The crux of it is the same. They both slipped in rankings because they weren't the biggest and weren't the fastest. Um, but the evolution of Matthias Michelli's game since then has been, for some, for me, for certainly, very predictable. I mean, he's gotten quicker. He's gotten more agile. He's gotten better at... Um, retaining pucks on a stick for just the right amount of time before distributing them. And he's turned into a playmaking force for Arizona, hasn't he? Oh, for sure. He, he's he been so much fun to watch in the last season. And uh, I have not been watching him quite as long as you have, uh, mm-hmm. as I really only got started with scouting in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. So this was a year before that. But uh, I, I've been watching him a little bit for the last, like, two and a half to three years. So also going back before his, his NHL debut. And yeah. his progression's been wonderful to watch. He's <laughs> he's always been this, this skilled, dynamic playmaker. But uh, my criticisms of him, like, earlier on, so, like, in his D-plus-1 season, were that mm-hmm. he was still playing a pretty chaotic style. He wasn't overly controlled. He was trying a bunch of things. And most of it wasn't working, but it was... Fun that he was trying it out yeah but then he took the added steps of he saw what was working what wasn't and he was actively and quickly learning from that and absolutely i think that his rookie season last year was also another testament to this tool of his of being able to really learn very very quickly and adapt to new situations and see what works and see what doesn't mm-hmm. and uh he rose up that arizona lineup he started off in the ahl and by the end of the season, he was a top six stalwart on that team with getting first uh, first power play minutes. And mm-hmm. uh, he's a really important cog in that Arizona wheel and uh, one of the more intriguing assets in that organization at this point. So his yep. progression has been so much fun to watch. And I think adding Logan Cooley to the mix is only going to make it more enjoyable in the next couple of seasons. For sure. I- I'm fairly confident that you know, if we ask the question of does Matias Michelli, you know, exceed his point totals from last year, for me it's a resounding yes, given the opportunities that he's got on that team to play with high-end, high-skill players. Um, and giving, given his skill set and how it how it relates to a guy like Logan Cooley or Clayton Keller, um, that combination of skills and his ability to find dangerous players in dangerous areas is very very impressive the the main setback with michelli is he has no scoring touch essentially um doesn't have he scored a hundred... wicked goal in that in that preseason game versus the kings he had a, he had a beautiful shot he disguised he, it well the he, shooting mechanics look better than last year from that one play is all i'm gonna say yeah. the thing <laughs> is he he has that that kirby doc syndrome where he has a good shot but is definitely terrified yeah. of using it um yeah just because he was probably brought up and developed as a playmaker. He's played his entire, his entire, you know, young career thinking as a playmaker. So to adapt, he's a pure playmaker through and through. Exactly. Like it's, it's the mindset with him. It's just, it's, it's the same, it's the same mindset of Logan Cooley, except Logan Cooley is, is a lot more willing to use a shot, even though he has that playmaker mindset first and foremost, 
he's not completely emitting high danger shots in favor of trying to pass to a guy at the back door of that kind of thing, which we saw a lot from Matias Michelli this past year. Um, I'm fairly confident that Michelli has worked on the right things and is improving his game in the way that he needs to. But the mindset is so difficult to change with players like these who have basically accepted their position as distributors, essentially, is, is how I see him. So I'm I'm curious to see, I mean, what's your prediction for Michelli in terms of point totals this year? Are we talking 60 plus or is it too early to jump the gun on that? I'm thinking 60 range. I'm thinking like somewhere between 55 and 65 is where I'd, I'd put him down if he's healthy the yeah. entire year. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, there's a lot of uh, potential variance in there, depending on injuries uh, for him or his teammates. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've, I've seen enough of him and his consistent progression year to year that I'm quite confident that he's going to continue to pop off and that he wasn't just a flash in the pan last season as a rookie. Absolutely. And I mean, you look at a player like that and you talked about adaptability, right? I mean, every single time he's, he's joined a new league, he's thrived and he's adapted very quickly. The, the, adapt- the adaptation curve with him is very short. You're looking at a player who might have two or three games at the start of a of, of a season with a new team or in a, in a new league where he's just tweaking his game in small ways and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. But as soon as he realizes what works, he molds his entire game around the things that he does in that league that work well and then immediately starts building off of that, creating off of that. You know, He'll start with the simple plays that work and then make them more complex as time goes. I'm very impressed with the mindset on Michelli and the ability to adapt to new circumstances and scenarios. And the skill set's always been fantastic. But you look beyond that, you see the point totals every year in every different league that he's joined. I mean, he's never had a season where he joined a new league and didn't know what to do and had an off season. So far there hasn't been a season where he can where he can say, oh that that was that was a a you know a growing pain or, or that kind of thing or he needed to you know, it was a tough season because he had to adapt. It never is with Michelli, which is so impressive. Um, and the Coyotes made, made a decent bang, gang, uh, gamble with him in the fourth round. I mean, you look at a lot of the players that were considered safe bets that were drafted before him, and a lot of them aren't playing in the NHL yet. So it's just nope. sometimes those big swings are just big swings at, at you know, an, an easy an easy swing. You know, you just you just take risks on the really skilled guys and and they pay off. And, you know, I'm looking at the way the Carolina hurricanes draft, for example, and I'm seeing a lot of that and it's looking very promising. Um, but that pretty much wraps things up for our talk about Matias Michelli in the second segment. Now we're going to go into our final segment where we do our game on the line, um, starting six for the 2019 NHL draft, win a game seven Stanley cup final, um, right after these messages from our sponsors at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and you can use those bonus bets on anything, ranging from player props to spreads to over and unders and far more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, so moving on to our final segment, we'll do our game on the line segment this time for the 2019 NHL draft. If you've been following along, we started with 2023 and worked our way down to 2019. Uh, and here we are with uh, our starting six for the 2019 draft. We basically pick a player, um, each uh, one player from every, from a different round for the entire 2019 draft and try to build uh, a team with a center, two wingers, two defensemen, and a goalie. Uh, and, and try to basically make a team that would win a uh, win a, a Game Seven Stanley Cup final against the other. So essentially, I'm looking at my team, and we're com- we were comparing before the episode, and we do have I think three players that are the exact same on our team. Indeed, um, those were easy ones. I mean, yeah, guys, you can't get around one of which we've already talked about in this episode. Um, I'll start with with my starting uh, forward line. So. I've got Jack Hughes, obviously, um, as the first line center. Um, then I have Matias Michelli of the Arizona Coyotes. On mentioned in all three segments today. We are officially fanboys of Matias Michelli we on this podcast. Are. We absolutely are. And Very for good reason. He's, he's awesome. And I looked at that combination and immediately thought, I need to find them a sniper. So I went to the second round and got Artur Kaliev of the LA Kings, a player who probably should not have dropped into the uh, second round, a fantastic goal scorer who's had some great results so far in limited uh, time in the uh, NHL. Um, still needs to find ways to adapt to the game and, and contribute to it in other ways than his scoring ability. But if you're playing online with Hughes and Michelli, just park yourself in a dangerous area, they'll find you. And that line alone could score all five goals in the game seven Stanley Cup final. Um, but, you know, with Jack Hughes, you're getting... The first overall pick of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, for me, one of the players who's in contention with the tier of McDavid, Bedard, uh, Matthews, those kinds of players at the top end uh, of the uh, bracket of players in the NHL, of NHL centers especially. Um, a player who, with a bright, bright future, just signed a really good extension um, with the New Jersey Devils and is looking fantastic so far for them. Uh, great value on on that on that pick. It, it was difficult for him at, in his first season, first two seasons, like maybe first season and a half. I'd say yeah. we didn't see the most out of Jack Hughes, but once he adapted to that level, oh my goodness! I I think he is top three in the NHL for goals above replacement, which is a an advanced analytics stat that measures overall impact on a game. Um, Jack Hughes is in the top, yeah. I mean, we're looking at a player he, with the. He's also player. top three in the NHL in terms of fun per sixty, which is another advanced analytics stat <laughs> that I love. Um, yeah, we made that one up. Uh... He's so much fun. <laughs> like he really is. He's an I electrifying mean, player, and exactly the reason I picked him too. is insane. Yeah, like <laughs> it, I didn't have much pause in the first round. Like, yeah, I, I didn't even really hesitate in terms of like more cider. I, I like him a lot, but just not the same level as Jack Hughes in my mind. Yeah, and. As you said, Matias Michelli was an easy pick in the fourth, uh, pretty straightforward. And I had a very similar instinct as you did. I wanted to have a kind of a, a big body finisher at right mm-hmm. wing. Uh, but I, I went into, into the depth of the sixth round to find mine. And I went with Elmer Soderblom of the Detroit Red Wings, six Great foot eight pick. winger. <laughs> very fun player. Uh, yeah. Maybe not quite as established of a goal scorer as Kaliev is at the NHL level at this point. At, at point in time but Kalia was picking the second round and Soderblom the sixth so I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. with, Soder- with Soderblom there too yeah absolutely and I mean I, I think Soderblom has an overall better impact on the entire game than Kalia it's just that Kalia yeah. is basically the perfect match for the two players I have on his line yeah, so I, I have to sure. go with that direction if you pin that front my front three against yours which are you more confident with 
I don't know if I'd be like inspired with confidence with Arthur Kaliev on the ice for my team. So I might even like side with my forward line, but we have two of the same three players. Like it's really close. Like <laughs> absolutely. I I think as much as I like Elmer Soderblom, I don't think he can handle Hughes, Michelli, and Kaliev defensively, which I'm leaning on his side. Can Kaliev? Like, what's what's Kaliev gonna do defensively against the line? Like, he he can't do anything, but that's fine. That's that's okay because <laughs> we'll always have the puck. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on to our defense pair. Um, I went with Zach Jones. I think we both did. Um, Indeed. At left D, and I went with Jordan Spence at right D. I was a bit more confident in Spence's ability to defend his 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 zone to be able to um, clear the puck out fairly quickly and make plays fairly quickly. I've got two very mobile, but decently defensively responsible defensemen, which is kind of my style. Mm. That's what I, you know, if yeah. I'm building an NHL team, I'm looking for those guys who are mobile, but not to the expense of their defensive ability and physicality. And Jordan Spence fits that he's not the biggest, but he plays with an edge. He plays with a lot of, of activeness in this game. And him with Zach Jones, I feel, you know, in terms of defensemen, it was kind of slim pickings unless you're omitting Zach Hughes and uh, Jack Hughes and going for Maurice Sider in the first yeah. round. Outside of Maurice Sider, I can't really name you too many really good, really reliable defensemen in the 2019 NHL draft. So yeah. this is about as good as I could make it with Jack Jones and Jordan Spence. In which round was Spence drafted again? I believe the fifth. Oh, uh, really? I believe so. I don't know why I like, why didn't I pick him them in the fifth? I didn't, I didn't pick anyone in the fifth. Let uh, me make sure of this, but I'm fairly certain he was picked in the fifth round by the LA Kings. Um, I thought I remember looking at him and being like, "Oh, I can't do it" because I thought he was picked in the fourth, and I couldn't pick him over Michelli. But I could check. be wrong about that. Uh, otherwise, you're stuck with my with my right defenseman too, <laughs> and I don't want to be. I really don't want to be. Uh, yeah, he was drafted in the fourth round. I made a mistake. Let's go. Your team gets worse. This is good for me. I will have to make an adaptation. Um, In the, in the meantime, I will introduce my back line while you restructure (laughs) yours. Yeah. So as you already mentioned, I have Zach Jones, my left shot defenseman who is solid enough. I don't think his development has been as good in the last two years as it was was projecting before that, Mm -hmm. but he's still projecting as an NHL caliber defenseman. And in the 2019 draft class, if you're picking a defenseman outside the top two rounds, Mm -hmm. uh, there were no options. Basically there were, there (laughs) were very slim pickings. So uh, yeah, Uh, my right shot defenseman, I I used my seventh round draft pick uh, Mm -hmm. and went with Maxence Guinette. Who is not a player I'm the most familiar with, but mm-hmm. I've seen him in, in passing in a couple games with the Belleville Senators. He was uh, an Ottawa pick, and mm-hmm. he has like 40-something points in 70-something AHL games as a defenseman. And in passing, my viewings have been totally fine, and yep. that's the best I could do in the seventh round because there were no <laughs> other options in, at defense. And honestly... Gannett is better than I was expecting uh, when I was in the midst of the wormhole of there are no defensemen in this draft class. Mm-hmm. And in goal, I used my second round draft pick because I perhaps may have uh, missed that Dustin Wolf was in this draft class. <laughs> so I invested my second round draft pick in goal instead. And I got a great player out of it. I'm not, not complaining. I got got Peter Kachetkov of the Carolina Hurricanes, who has been Just good. extraordinary in the last couple yep. of seasons. Uh, very, very good early returns in the NHL. Mm-hmm. 
perhaps a higher likelihood of being an NHL starter in the next like two, three years than Dustin Wolf. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I, I still yeah. think like, had I known or realized that Dustin Wolf was in this draft class, I probably would have gone for him. <laughs> but Kachetkov is a really good consolation prize in that. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite content with my lineup, especially since you now don't have Jordan Spence. And I felt like that was a big oh, actually, maker there. Actually, oh, no. I do have oh, no. Jordan Spence. My change you is coming Michelli. on the left wing. Yep, I dropped drop Michelli. Michelli. I believe that oh. Arseny Gritsuk of the New Jersey Devils is better value at in the fifth round using that pick than me getting rid of Jordan Spence, which was my fourth round pick. I'm taking Gritsuk mainly because Arsene Gritsuk bring, brings a defensive side to the to this line that is very much missing. Um, okay. He he brings the uh, playmaking touch that is definitely lower than Michelli's, but not by a decent by a large enough margin that I'm comfortable I'm comfortable dropping Jordan Spence and the way he fits in this starting six compared to dropping him for Santeri Hataka or Maxence Guinette. Uh, I'm fairly, fairly more confident in dropping Michelli for Gritsuk. I think that that's a lower, it's a, it's a, it's less of a dang, downgrade than dropping Jordan Spence for a sixth or seventh round defenseman. For me, Spence is one of the defensemen in this draft. I'm the most comfortable with with taking a fourth round or later pick on. So, my first line is changing to Jack Hughes, Arsene Gritsuk, and Arthur Arthur Kaliev. I'm keeping the same defense pair of Zach Jones and Jordan Spence, and I end things off with. Dustin Wolf in net, a seventh round pick, arguably a top three goaltender prospect in the world right now, um, is looking fantastic as a selection for uh, the Calgary Flames. Um, and you're looking at a player who, again, is is another undersized goaltender who slipped into the seventh round because a lot of NHL teams do not believe in smaller goaltenders, period. Um, Devin Levi's returns um, in, the, in, in the short term have been really good. Um, and Dustin Wolf is built of the same, is made of the same cloth. He's a very athletic, very mobile goaltender who can move side to side very quickly, get to pucks that other goaltenders can't just based on the mobility that he has, the edge work that he has. He's tailored his game perfect, perfectly to his size. And having watched him a lot, I am, I can't be more confident in him than I am. Um, I think that we're looking at a star in the future uh, for the Calgary Flames moving forward. So that is my goaltender net. And overall, I'm more confident in my lineup than yours. How do you feel about that, though? I think that Michelli is a difference maker for me now. Mm-hmm. Would I have restructured my lineup with hindsight of picking Dustin Wolf in net and maybe going with a second round pick uh, like for my right shot defenseman rather than Maxence Gannett? Possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that... I, I'm 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 okay with my lineup. I think that that you probably win this slightly, but yeah, I do think that the the fall off from Michelli to Grisiak is a bit further than what you were saying. I like Michelli a ton. I do as well. I just having watched a lot of Grisiak, having been the, the the team scout for the New Jersey Devils for Dauber prospects for the longest time, and having watched a lot of tape of his. He's looking really, really good, and um, recently won uh, something like a Young Player of the Year in Russia a, a year or two ago, and has only improved since then. So we haven't seen him in the in, in North America yet, and I'm very excited to see what that gives because I feel like his game is tailored to the smaller ice surface. Um, I'm confident in this. I think that 
Hughes, Gritsuk, and Kaliev is a very balanced line that would work really well together. I've got Jordan Spence at right D, who will shoulder one of the best goaltenders in the uh, in the 2019 in in the world right now, let alone the 2019 NHL draft in Dustin Wolf. I feel like my team overall would keep the score low enough to allow Hughes and Kaliev to combine for great, great results. They've played uh, at the NTDP together. They know each other's games fairly well. Um, I think I win this one. Um, but yeah, this wraps things up for today's episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, thank you for, uh, you know, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Leave us a comment. We always read our comments and leave our best questions for our mailbag uh, episodes. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports Today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in the prospects and scouting world. Um, and make sure to tune in for our next episode. We'll do another game on the line segment and talk about some more preseason action. This has been Hattie Calakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.